Welcome to Sisters of the Apocalypse. This podcast is hosted by sisters, surviving in this crazy world and just trying to keep a sense of humor along the way. Listen to three witty women who grew up in the same house, share their ideas, inspirations, and experiences. The Sisters of the Apocalypse will share the ups, downs, and everything in between when it comes to life as a millennial woman in today's world. Relatable and enjoyable until the very end. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sisters of the Apocalypse. Today, we have a very special guest, David Steinmetz, my very own husband. David, what should we know about you before we kick off this podcast episode? Well, hello, everyone. I'm grateful to be on today. I have been blessed to be with Christine for 15 years, which is the majority of Jennifer's life and coming on soon, the majority of Liz's life as well. I am a energetic person with positivity that I believe the world needs to in these days. So I'm grateful to be here. Love that. We appreciate that. Thanks, David. David is our first guest and so we are so happy to have you yes absolutely and today our subject is gonna be short-lived hobbies that's right because we've all had plenty of them over the years yes we have things we've tried and then never tried again (laughs) for various reasons (laughs) yeah absolutely so liz i know you have several I have a, I have a long list of these. However, it's it's a great topic for today specifically because this first topic actually is a story tied in with David. And so something that I tried, I was in college, broke college kid, and all my friends were skiers and snowboarders. And so I decided I wanted to go out and try snowboarding. Never done it before. And David, bless him, he's like, you don't need to rent equipment. You can just borrow mine. And I was like, perfect, because I can't afford to rent stuff. And I've never been out, didn't know how much like, a ski lift ticket cost, all that stuff. By the way, the ski lift chairs in general, terrifying. Like trying to get on and off those, <laughs> that alone drove me away from the sport. But so he gave me his snowboard and boots. And because this is audio and a podcast and you guys can't see us, I'm about 5'9". And David is a solid 6'2". Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And yes. so we're talking shoes that are way too big, a snowboard way too big, never done this before. And I didn't realize at all what a horrible mistake I was making by using equipment way too big. Me trying to navigate steering or moving in any way, it was so heavy Ooh. and I felt like I was just made of jello because it was exhausting. (laughs) I was sore for so many days. And so I was like, I tried it and it's not for me. (laughs) So thank you for letting me try snowboarding and letting me borrow your stuff. But holy you're welcome. That was a mistake. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. See, for me, skiing is on my list of short-lived hobbies or things I tried, I should say. I tried Mm. it one day. We went skiing with David's family and friends. I did one day of it. I borrowed Mm -hmm. your stuff, Liz, because I think at that Mm -hmm. point, you'd actually gotten some actual skiing and snowboarding equipment. Absolutely miserable. Covered in snow. Had no, like, skill at all. And everyone was trying to, like, 
encourage me and help me along and give you like those little pointers. But at some point you're, you just don't want any help at all. I will not be doing that again anytime soon. I feel like I'll just speak for myself, but like, I'm just not a winter hobby girl. And so living in Michigan my whole life and now living in Florida, I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't have to try to find something to do six to nine months of the year when it's cold out. (laughs) I don't enjoy it. How about you, David? I think it's interesting that, you know, you guys are, we're today, we're taping in our house and you're sitting in my office area because in the closet behind you is literally there's a guitar that I tried to learn. For Love that. And a half. There's woodworking supplies that I tried <laughs> to do woodworking with. There's mm. painting supplies in there when I try to be a painter. I am definitely the stereotypical ADHD type person where I have a hobby that I'm super in depth with for 30 to 45 days and then <laughs> I'm done with it. I don't want anything to do with it whatsoever. <laughs> so Christine's a great partner with that in Let's find an affordable way for you to do these things to see if it's something that's going to stick. Yeah. Um, I am very quick to jump into a hobby and think I know everything and then very quick to exit it uh, when I realize that it takes skill that I don't have. <laughs> this is funny because, Christine, you have said if you either try something or do something that you are then not good at, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> this is oh, yeah. It's like that element of my personality that wants to be the best and to be a perfectionist effortlessly and not interested in, you know, improving my skill at whatever it was, you know, checkers, <laughs> uh, terrible or chess. I think it was. Is that a real example? Yes. I hope so. Was it chess? Chess. Yeah. I was it terrible. Was <laughs> I was a terrible sore loser at chess. I think after we watched the Queen's Gambit on whatever streaming service, I was like, I'm going to be a chess player. I'm so smart and clever. It's going to be amazing. That lasted about a day. And I kept losing and breaking the rules on the little game I downloaded because I didn't know the rules. I think there was also uh, the character was a redhead. So inherently, she said that because they shared the same hair color. Uh, she would be a master chess player in no time. Natural. Um, but it turns out her game is actually Mancala, mm-hmm. not chess. So I... strategy, really great at Mancala. Just That's not so, so much rooks, bishops, queens, knights. <laughs> Details. A little more, yeah. a little more simpler. A little simpler. <laughs> Jenny, what's something you've tried and then um, stopped? I feel like what comes to mind for me is mostly like physical activities or pastimes Mm -hmm. because I feel like I dabble in a lot of like different creative things and I'm always like oh maybe I'll wander back to that you know I don't feel like I'm like oh this is you know I'll never paint a ceramic again yeah you don't abandon it you just wander yeah to it and then wander away yeah but I will say a very uh, a swift departure from a hobby I was like it was I think it was 2020 we're all trying to get outside more and I said, I'm going to be one of those super cute rollerblading girlies. I was like, I'm going to look so great. I'm going to get super tan because I'm outside all the time. And I was like, this is good for me. This will be a great hobby. I can get involved in it. I went twice. I got my, I got my stuff. I got my little helmet. I had my little wrist guards. I was ready. 
And the second time I fell and I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm never doing this again. I'm, I'm never participating in this sport again. And I will say I had a bruise for a very long time that turned colors I've never seen. And (laughs) to this day, I feel like I still carry some bruising, some damage from this fall. So that was, I did the math and I I was like, wow, each of those rollerblading trips was $60. (laughs) And then I sold my stuff and I said, bye. (laughs) How funny. I'm curious, like when we moved in together, how many hobbies and that I dropped did you have to get rid of? There was <laughs> Warhammer 40k. You got rid of my skateboard. I don't have my snowboard you had a anymore. I had a skateboard. I yeah, I had rollerblades. I had Oh, we could do a whole episode about the strange things <laughs> that I inherited when David and I decided to like um combine forces. Because there was just a whole variety of different things, you know, just being a family of girls, there's just mm-hmm. things you don't think about. <laughs> I cannot yeah. imagine. Fish, yeah. Fish tanks. Oh yeah. Fish yeah, tanks. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we've really liked to do is to take some classes on things we want to try. And so mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I don't know if I count that as a true hobby. It's more of like just kind of dipping your toe in to see if we mm-hmm. like it. And so we've taken a variety of different ones. Pickleball was super fun. Yeah. Um, I was ter- pretty bad at that and a very sore loser at pickleball. So she was might- good. She was good. I might Aww. pick it up again. Uh, we also took some cooking classes, which we loved. Nice. And then we took our, our rumba dance class, which oh, was super fun ooh. too. Sounds great. Love that. I feel like a, a class is a great way to go in, like we said, dip- you said tipping your toe in and not purchasing everything under the sun Mm -hmm. to prepare you to excel at this hobby yeah so you get to kind of see if you like it what are the other people like what's the vibe that's definitely the smart way to go but is it the impulsive (laughs) fun way to go no No. (laughs) so speaking of like jumping in with both feet something that i tried and abandoned quickly was swim team in high school Because I literally, I was at a point where I was trying to decide if I wanted to do swim dive team or tennis. And they were in the same season. It was in the spring, I think, at that time in girls high school. And I went to like the first day of swimming tryouts and was immediately shocked at A, how hard it was because I wasn't formally, can I swim? Yes. Am I formally trained, formally trained to swim? No. So it was super hard and the pool was deep and cold. And I was like, this is not fun. And then as a high school girl, you had practiced before school and after school. And very quickly, I was like, I don't want to be swimming around and then have to shower and try and fix my hair and makeup before I go to class at like 6 a.m. And so like it was a pretty easy decision for me to be like, nope, this is not for me. And then I went the tennis route and loved it. And I still play tennis and that was super fun. So it was the right choice for me, but I definitely underestimated the difficulty and commitment of like the swim and dive team. So anybody who does that, full props to you. Your your attempt at swimming was so short that I didn't even know you did it. Like I was <laughs> literally one day. Happening. I have never heard this story. <laughs> I had no idea you no even tried. You tried out. Wow self-elimination from those tryouts <laughs> please cut me off the list <laughs> Aww. so my question do you think that 
trying new hobbies as a child, trying different sports or trying new things and finding yourself? Is it easier when you're younger or is it easier as an adult now that we kind of have some some finances, we have abilities to to dip our toes in easier? Jennifer, what do you think it was easier for? I mean, for me, I feel like I'm trying a lot of different hobbies as an adult because I was the youngest. And so I felt like we kind of had a good idea of what as a family we wanted to spend our time doing on the weekends. You know, what sports were we interested in in watching, attending, bringing to practice and things like that. So I feel like for me, I didn't, because I, I know you guys did, I didn't get the, let's throw her in dance, let's throw her in gymnastics. I didn't have that experience. But on the flip side, I had the wonderful experience of learning to ride a horse at four. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a barn, I grew up in a stable, and I grew up horseback riding. So that was kind of like what our family had, well, one of the things our family yeah. had selected to do. Yeah. So I got the bonus of, I think, getting really deep into something that other people might not have had the opportunity, but I have never taken a dance class and I would love to, but you know, that's something that I'll do now and mm-hmm. have to worry about being embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. So for me, my initial reaction would be to say that it's easier as a kid, because mm-hmm. I think that at that point in your life, you hopefully are less in your head and second guessing yourself than you might be as an adult, as an overthinking adult. And so it's like, as a kid, you're like, you're just out there to have fun, make friends, try something new. And I feel like it's a big feet as an adult to be like, I'm going to sign up for something. I'm going to put myself out of my comfort zone. I'm going to try something I've never done. I'm going to be okay with being bad at something or learning something new. Like that's a whole mental process to even sign up to try something new. And so I, Mm -hmm. I think that it is tough as an adult to do that. And so I give people a lot of credit for trying new things, even if it doesn't stick. I think stepping out of your comfort zone is so important for personal growth. And you get to meet people that think similarly to you. You know, you meet other people that maybe they're out there trying to find their hobby, you know? So I feel like that's a, I don't know, it it seems like a good habit to cultivate, kind of like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I feel like we've talked about that before. Well, that goes back to last week when Christine said, assume people want to make friends or like you Mm. go into a situation thinking I'm here to make friends, but so are all these other people. And then it's like less scary. Yeah, that's a good point. So recently, um, Christine gave me a, an absolute amazing Christmas gift of comedy classes. So yes. about trying something new uh, for years, you know, I, I've always loved telling stories and being a storyteller and following different comedians online. And it came to the point where Christine said, hey, let's, let's put up or put it to bed. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, as as she's a wonderful partner to push me out of my comfort zone. And so I did a comedy class and it was amazing. Talking about like friends, wanting to make friends. It was probably the last two classes of a 12-week course where I finally broke down and realized like all these other people are just as insecure and nervous as I am. Let me go and break the ice and meet them. And there's still to this day, I, I did do stand up. I did my five minutes of stand up and it, it was, it, it went very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Christine was a great uh, person to, to be in the crowd. And that's huge. You know, 
she was laughing louder than anybody ever possibly needed to. So Aww. I could clear some, some positive reinforcement for my jokes. Yeah, some of the people that I met in that class, uh, we went and met up with some of them after uh, a comedian, Jim Gaffigan, we went and saw. We met up with some friends from the comedy class and I still talk to them to this day. So I completely relate to that idea that as an adult, it takes a different perspective to realize that people are the same as us in wanting to be friends and wanting to hang out with and meet new people. So we have, somebody has to take that first step out of their shell. Yeah. Being insecure, being nervous. Absolutely. We see it in ourselves. It's like when you wear something that you're nervous about and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's looking at me. Really? No, no one's looking at you. You just think that everybody's looking at you and like analyzing Mm -hmm. your outfit, but yes, totally agree. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is from, I don't know where this is from. I think it's from a movie, but I use this in my life where they talk about all you need is 10 seconds of courage. Ooh, yeah. You do not have to be courageous for hours on end. You need 10 seconds. And I say that to myself all the time. I said it to myself before I asked my boss for a raise. And I said, because I can get through the rest of this conversation with her. I just need 10 seconds to say, Hey, lady, (laughs) hey, insert boss name. Can we have a conversation about my compensation? That was the courageous part I needed. Mm -hmm. The rest of the conversation I was ready for. Mm -hmm. And I've used that with, I mean, with romantic partners. I've used that in my job. I've used that with my family, with friends a lot. Like, would you like to sit? Like, would you like to hang out again? Could we do something like this again? Or you know, different people like that. So I feel like my, but I don't know where it's from. It's from something. It's great advice. Well, I'm stealing someone's idea, <laughs> but 10 seconds and it, it's surprisingly easy when you think about it like that. It's bite-sized. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. So kind of on that tangent. So if we were mm-hmm. all to, you know, collect our courage and try something else new, either, a, yeah, a hobby, a class, what okay. would be the next thing that you're interested in trying? I know mine because oh, it has been on my goals list, to-dos list, bucket list for years, and I haven't done it. And that is take ballroom classes. Oh. I am like such a fan of Dancing with the Stars. And I think like ballroom dancing is so beautiful, so elegant. It is such a eloquent hobby. Mm. And we did dance when we were kids. Christine and I did like tap and ballet, I think, when we were like little, little, but then never did it again. And I feel like I always wish that I had done more dance classes in my life. And so that's one thing that I feel like I really want to do and just haven't had that 10 seconds of courage and signed up for the class and like made that commitment. So mm-hmm. that's on, that's one thing I really want want to do. So I think for me, kind of going along, expanding on that comedy role, switching to doing an improv class, definitely out of my comfort zone, trying to yes and and follow along and quick thinking on my feet. Oh, we Um, can practice that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and. That's frightening. Very frightening. Um, But uh, yes and. Now Liz owns my truck, I guess. Yes and. Um, (laughs) Jennifer, you're in my will now, I guess. I don't know. Um, Yes and. (laughs) Yes and. (laughs) But uh, I think doing that and then kind of going along that same thing, going back to my roots of 
Uh, I've always wanted to try coaching. Uh, I have a nice. I've had I have a passion for developing young people. I had a lot of great coaches uh, in my life that mm-hmm. helped me learn a lot of life lessons and how to deal with struggles and adversity. And I'm very blessed in the situation that we're at right now, where I have the ability to maybe give back and help mm-hmm. develop the generation that's going to come after me. And so kind of that mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage to go out and get interviewed with zero experience of coaching mm-hmm. yeah, and, and trying to get into uh, a school, but it's, it's something I'm, I'm passionate about. You'd be so great at that, David. And really would. I think that that's such a great cause. And I was just reading something on LinkedIn this week and it was more about mentors, but it lends itself to the coaching element of, it was this saying about like, be the person who you needed when you were younger. And I think that you can apply that in so many different areas. And so yeah, I love that advice. And I think that's just so cool. What's <laughs> we're trying to figure out what's something I just you remember teen, you got something you want to try. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a long list of things I'd like to try. I think I do need that 10 seconds of courage to actually like pull the trigger as far as like signing up for a new class. Mm. Like really enjoyed the rumba dance class. And I was like, at the time I was all ready to do another one, but Mm -hmm. I didn't actually proceed with it. So something like that, I think would be really, really fun. Um, I I do want to get a little bit better at golf is one of those things. I, we took classes last year and I have another, you know, uh, workshop scheduled for early June because I haven't really done much with it, but I feel like, you know, learning how to play golf or being at least like passing skill for golf would be a nice thing to have just for like yeah. long-term hobbies you know, all those reasons yeah long-term hobby be able to play in a scramble or um, at least hold my own and not feel uncomfortable on the golf course yeah. that would be something I'd really enjoy that'll be this summer I think I'll dive into that a little yeah. bit more I was just talking to a friend today and they were saying how sore they were from playing volleyball like numerous days a week and I was like, you just need to be like me and pick up all the retired hobbies like golf and pickleball. I was like, then your knees won't be hurting you. <laughs> That's a cute idea. I like that. I'm, I've talked about taking tennis lessons for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I could see that in my future um, as something to kind of try out and see if I like it. I've played tennis before. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Maybe it would be more fun if I was better at it. And then I think another one, uh, again, because I really like creative kind of like pursuits. I always wanted to do um, a stained glass workshop to learn how to do like, you know, maybe you you work on one piece with a workshop and you go a couple of times a week. And then from that, you could kind of like, you know, do I want to come back? Do I want to do more? But I've always liked, uh, I did, I did a metal like smithing class in high school. So we made jewelry. I've made jewelry. I've soldered. I've welded. I've done that stuff before, but not obviously since then. So I think that would be something I I would love to do. So one thing, I don't know if you could call it a short-lived hobby, because I would say it's more of a medium-term hobby at this point for Jenny, is kayaking. Oh, yeah. She's got all the tools for kayaking. And I will just say that one of the things I'm really looking forward to when we put on our to-do list this summer is we're going to put her kayak in the pool at our mom's house, and she's going to practice falling out of it yep and, and then getting, getting back, back, in. back into it <laughs> yes oh my gosh we literally talked about this last week but wait. the kicker is i don't know where my paddle is i oh have the kayak gosh. 
I don't remember where I put the paddle and you would think I would put them together. I didn't. Oh, how funny. I don't know where it is, but I have a kayak. That is a riot. <laughs> I kind of forgot you had a kayak. I did. I forgot too. <laughs> Truly. Details. Whoops. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, all these hobbies are an absolute hoot. And I think I'd be curious. And if we can admit it, what was the most expensive hobby you picked up? Uh, I think I, obviously Jenny has a good story with rollerblading. Yeah. I mean, I will say just, I mean, horseback riding in general is an horseback expensive hobby. So I would say in general. overall it's expensive. So do you have one, Christine? Oh no, I was just curious. I guess for me, houseplants. I got into houseplants <laughs> and now it's gone down the rabbit hole of houseplants and I'm constantly, it's just like, it's ridiculous. That's sure. a long-term hobby though. It has been. It's been like and two years. So. It brings you so much joy. It does. It totally does. I, I, I can't think of an expensive hobby. My, my golf clubs are hand-me-down. Mm. Volleyball is not an expensive sport. Pickleball hasn't been. I don't. Looks good. Don't I have a gun one. That's great. Travel. Right. Can I say travel is an expensive hobby? That is an expensive <laughs> that hobby. Counts. That's my most expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. How about you, David? I think, I think for me, when I was younger, I got a Huffy bike and thought I could do tricks with it and was trying to jump kind of the curbs in our neighborhood and do ramps and ran my bike into a neighbor's car and scratched it. So I think as expensive hobbies, my parents had to pay for a new paint job for that car. So I think that ranks for the most expensive hobby. So we are going to wrap up our podcast today with our favorite segment of Ginger Tales. And this one is especially for our guest, David. So David, I am going to say a Ginger Tales story and you have to decide, is this story true or is it false as in a Ginger Tale? And because Christine is our favorite redhead, these are all about her. Great. I'm excited for this. I've been practicing and training for 13 years of marriage. So let's see how I do. First, Christine was born a redhead. Ginger tail. She had dark brunette hair and it slowly got redder. Wow. That's wrong. She was born a redhead. (laughs) Oh, shoot. That was the you were very confident. And with the details, though. All well, right. Your mom had the uh, pictures on the wall at her house throughout the years. And I'm pretty sure yeah. there's like a few of those years where it's pretty, pretty brunette, not we'll as have red. To check. We'll have to check. Hmm. Next. As a child, Christine tried to bite off Liz's toe. True. This is true. And this is why I have nine toes. <laughs> Ginger tail. Ginger tail. Ginger tail. <laughs> Christine was on the hula hoop team in elementary school. Ginger tail. Correct. Yeah. That is a lie. Next, Christine's favorite color as a child was lilac purple. That is true. Wrong. (laughs) Ginger tail. Her favorite color was lime green. Next, Christine won an art contest and they took her picture and turned it into a stamp. That is a ginger tail. 
incorrect. This is a true story. <laughs> and true story. it was a picture of a duck. <laughs> and we we wow. had it framed yes. in our living room did. for as long as I can remember. It's still there. It <laughs> and our final question. Christine played Pippi Longstockings in our local theater. That is true. <laughs> that is wrong. Oh. <laughs> no. She did not play Pippi Longstockings. Good try, David. That was good fun. try. Yeah, <laughs> nice. The, my most fond memory of all of those was the ch- cutting, uh, <laughs> biting Liz's toe off. God, you don't remember it. You remember it? No, I don't. But the story, the story has been told so fondly so many times. It's like I was there. <laughs> you so were. It's like two. Mom talks about how she was afraid to take off Liz's onesie because she was going to see a severed toe. Yeah. That was how hard yeah. she bit. Okay, the story is that my mom was holding me. I had little onesie pajamas on because I was a baby. And <laughs> she looks down and Christine is standing smiling up at her with my foot in her mouth. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> you were fine. David, thank you so much for being our very first guest on Sisters of the Apocalypse. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. I love you all dearly. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sisters of the Apocalypse. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. And don't forget, live like there's no tomorrow. Thanks for listening.